Well, we've been in a series, a uh, series of messages called Leadership Rising. Uh, it's not been limited now to people in some kind of authority position at a company or a church or any institution. This is relevant to everyone because you know what leadership really is all about? Simple. It's all about influence. Leadership basically equals influence. And each one of us has some kind of influence on someone, somewhere, somehow. You could be a parent. You could be a teacher or a student. You could be a volunteer firefighter or anyone who does anything around other people in which you could have some influence on them. This series has been a challenge for all of us to kind of raise the value, raise the bar, raise the temperature right here in this church for a leadership culture. So far, we've looked at some topics like servant leadership, being a servant when you're a leader, or uh, the leader being accountable. That was another week. Uh, Another time we talked about the influencer or the leader building people up, encouraging others. Last week, we talked about the decision makers of leadership. Today being Easter, the day we celebrate Resurrection Day, I wanted to tie this message into the rising of leadership. If Jesus, who's the ultimate example of leadership, if he rose from the dead, and if we're being transformed into his likeness, well, then everything about us should be resurrected including our leadership capacity, our ability to influence. We've got a couple of more of these coming up, so if this is your first time, come back the next two weeks, hear the rest of the series. But speaking of resurrection, why don't we really experience more of this resurrection power? We're going to talk about that today. How can our leadership our influence, which really involves everything about us, how can it rise to the next level? Or for some of us, how can it rise from the dead? (laughs) To set the stage a little bit more, let me illustrate why I think we don't experience enough resurrection power. Remember the movie Groundhog Day? Remember that movie? Bill Murray plays an obnoxious weatherman, and he's forced to live the same day February 2nd, over and over and over again. Every day the same thing happens. Sometimes he deals with it well, other times he deals with it poorly. But no matter what, he cannot move past February 2nd. He's stuck. You ever felt like that? Every day the same old set of problems and struggles. Try as you might just never get any real progress. One step forward, the next day you're stepping back. A little bit of progress, the next day you lose it all. Many of us follow Jesus Christ. We're Christians, and we can be in the same boat. We're stuck in a never-ending Saturday. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, on Good Friday, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. As he hung there dying, the last words he spoke were, it is finished. It's done. The phrase can be translated paid in full. It's a business term, meaning our sins were paid for, stamped, paid. 
This means that when we accept Jesus Christ as the forgiver of our sins, he washes away those sins and removes our guilt. We were singing about that earlier. He carries our mess-ups away as far as the east is from the west. And he buries all that junk in a sea of forgetfulness. When you invite God to take over your life by accepting the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, not only are you forgiven, but you also receive eternal life, a perfect life in a perfect heaven. That's the assurance every Christian has because of what happened on Good Friday. We also know what happened on Sunday, the third day. The lifeless body of Jesus was wrapped in a shroud and placed in a grave. And then the Spirit of God entered the tomb on Sunday morning and breathed life into the body of Jesus. And his heart began to beat. His lungs filled up with air. His eyes opened. He stood up to his feet, fully alive. The Spirit of God raised Jesus from the dead. Then the Bible tells us something even more intriguing. It says that the same power which raised Jesus from the dead is available to you and me. Hmm. Listen how the Apostle Paul puts it. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, there's the qualifier, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Wow, the same power. That's the promise of Easter. Resurrection power. But we have a problem. Many of us know about the sins being forgiven on Friday, all of our sins, but we're not experiencing that promise of Easter. Instead, we're caught between Friday afternoon and Sunday morning in this never-ending Saturday. We've been forgiven and accepted by God, but the power of the resurrection is just beyond our reach. It's always Sunday. It's always Saturday, just like the Groundhog movie. If you're living there right now, I want you to know this is not where God wants you to be. God has so much more for us, so much more. He wants us to move beyond Saturday and learn to live in resurrection power on that Sunday. So with all that said, how do we get to the place where our leadership, our influence, our lives are rising? Well, I believe one of the best ways to experience resurrection power is to master the art of surrender. The leader is is surrendered to God. What does that mean? How do we put the promise of Easter to work in our lives? Today I want to talk to you about three things that we can surrender to help us rise up out of that never-ending Saturday to a permanent Easter Sunday. Every day. Every day. Here's the first one. To rise up with Christ, we need to surrender our past. We need to let that go. You know, the number one cause of unhappiness is being stuck in the past. People hold on to hurts and they cannot relate to the present because they're still responding to the past. There are basically 
two kinds of things that people have a hard time getting over. Resentment and regrets. Those are the two things. Resentment over what has happened to them and regret over what they've done to themselves or others in the past. So let's talk about the resentment first. You know, God knows everybody in this room has been hurt by somebody one time or another. And if we, if we find that we can give our past to God, we're going to find out really quick that he doesn't want us there. He wants us to rise above it. What we do with that hurt will determine whether we stay stuck with Saturday or move into Sunday. What have you not gotten over? That failure where you fell on your face and now you're embarrassed to death about it? Was it that abusive relationship, either physically or emotionally? Maybe even it was sexual abuse. Maybe you still remember the rejection or the ridicule of a parent. Maybe you've had a failed marriage. What is it that you've never gotten over? What is it that even as I talk about it, the resentment starts to creep back in? Jesus Christ wants to resurrect you so you can get unstuck. But you have to surrender to him. The prophet Isaiah wrote God's words this way. Forget what happened in the past. And don't dwell on events from long ago. I'm going to do something new. It's already happening. Don't you recognize it? I'll clear away in the desert. I'll make rivers on dry land. God says, let it go. Just let it go. Surrender to him and let him settle the score. Who can do a better job of healing your past and your hurts? You or God? Just let God handle the people who've hurt you. Then you can get on with your life. You say, David, I don't know if I can do that. The hurt's so deep, I just can't let it go. Well, you know, you're right. It's impossible, really, to consciously forget something. It's impossible. That's why we need resurrection, supernatural power to help us. We will never rise above our past until we surrender it to God. It could be a prayer, whatever. Start giving it up. Give it up. I love this verse in Psalm 34. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those whose spirits are crushed. If you're in pain about yesterday, you need to know that God was with you then. And he's with you now, and guess what he loves to do? Fix broken things. He's really good at it, too. <laughs> really good. He also wants to help us get over the pain of regrets. Not just resentment, but regrets. See, not only have people hurt you in the past, you've probably done some dumb stuff, too. <laughs> we all have. We all have. We carry regret with us. And you know what? That's heavy. It's a terrible thing to carry around. It leaves you miserable. It kind of zaps your energy. 
You end up punishing yourself. You play the if-only game. You know how it goes. If only I knew then what I know now. If I only could just erase the past, turn back the clock. If I could just remove that stupid decision, I'd probably do it different now. There's a scene in that old movie, Bonnie and Clyde, you know, the two bank robbers. The couple is holed up in, in a hideout. They can't leave because they know the cops are hot on their trail. Now, it's obvious to them at this point that their life of crime is not as glamorous as they had imagined. Bonnie Parker is dreaming of a new life somewhere, a clean life where they could start over and live as other people do. And she says to Clyde, what would you do if some miracle occurred and we were able to walk out of here with a clean slate, with no record and nobody after us? What would you do? Clyde Barrow thinks for a moment and says something along the lines of this. I guess I'd do things different. First, I wouldn't live in the same state where I pulled my bank jobs. When I wanted to rob a bank, I'd go to another state. (laughs) Bonnie turns away totally disappointed. This wasn't at all what she had in mind. But Clyde Barrow was stuck as a criminal in the past. This is the kind of thinking that keeps us stuck in Saturday. But the Apostle Paul tells us that anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The past is forgotten and everything is new. Everything. That kind of means everything. (laughs) Everything is new. Then he says there's now no condemnation awaiting those who belong to Christ. You were given a clean slate. So how are you going to use it? Stuck in Saturday or celebrating Resurrection Sunday? If you don't get anything else, get this. God does not want you walking around with a load of guilt. If you think that, you've got a warped view of God. That's why he came up with a plan to raise us up with Christ. That plan is called Easter. Wouldn't you like to be free from resentment and anger? You surrender your past to God through faith in Jesus Christ. He hung on a cross for every single one of your screw-ups. Now, Saturday is okay to look back at the sacrifice Jesus made on Friday. But man, we can't get stuck there, never turning around and moving towards Sunday. If we surrender our past to God, then we will experience leadership rising. We will live with resurrection power. Also, to rise up with Christ, we need to surrender our present to God today. You ever feel like life is out of control? Like today's just out of balance. You ever get tired of just thinking of all the things you're going to have to face on any given day? You ever wish you could resign from the human race for just one week so you didn't have to face today? I do. Life is getting more complex. It's speeding up. It's definitely not as easy as it used to be. We've even come up with a new vocabulary of terms to describe the stress and pressures of today's living. We say, I'm worn out and played out and stressed out. I'm burned out. 
I'm run down and used up. I'm bushed, exhausted, frazzled, fried, bone weary, and dead tired. Let me see how good you guys are at this. Just yell out. I'm going to have you fill in the blank. Okay, just yell it out. Ready? Here we go. I'm ready to throw in the towel. There you go. I'm at the end of my rope. Uh, I'm on my last leg. There you go. I'm about to come undone, glued. They both work. (laughs) Sound like you've got some experience there. Listen to this. God never grows faint or weary. He gives power to those who are tired and worn out. When our todays are under pressure, we need two things. We need strength and we need stability. God offers both. His power is strength to those who are tired and worn out. And the fact that he never grows faint or weary is our stability. The reason we're so tired all the time is because we were never meant to live life under our own power. That's how you get stuck in Saturday living. God meant for us to have a relationship with him, to be plugged into him, to gain the power from him. When we're out there trying to live life on our own effort, no wonder we hit the wall all the time. A couple of weeks ago, I was working on my laptop. And it kept shutting down because the battery was low. So I plugged the charger into the wall. Started typing again. About every two minutes, the thing would shut down. I tried this four or five times until I realized I hadn't plugged it into the computer. I know you've never done anything that stupid. See, the device just couldn't function with a drained battery. So why do we live life like that? We do, you know. We keep shutting down because our emotional battery or our physical battery or our spiritual battery or all three of those batteries are just out of juice. So let's talk about strength here. Jesus Christ has all the power we need. And he proved it at Easter. He said, let them kill me and then let them put me in a tomb, and I'll stay there long enough to make sure everybody knows I'm good and dead, and then I'll raise myself back to life to prove that I am who I said I was, the Son of God. And that's exactly what he did. And that's why there's a couple of billion people that will celebrate Easter this weekend because Jesus rising from the dead was the most powerful event in history. Think about it. All of history is divided into A.D. and B.C. by that event. Every time you write a a date, if you use the year, you're using Jesus as your reference points, whether you believe in him or not. You're using Easter as your reference point. Now, this is that verse we started with. If that spirit, that spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the power of God, that's living in you, then he's going to raise you up too. All that power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, can raise us up from our present problems. If he can raise the dead, he can certainly raise a dead marriage can certainly uh, raise a dead career. 
He can raise up a, a dream that's died. He can do anything. When you get God's power in your life, you can rise above the pressures of today. It's like Paul said, I'm ready for anything through the strength of Christ who lives in me. Now, he's not talking about some self-help, talk yourself into it, positive mental psychobabble. No, he was saying, I can handle anything because I've got God's power in my life. The same power that raised Christ from the dead. Jesus even says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me for real rest. and You'll recover your life. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. He gives strength for the pressures of today. Now, what about stability? You know, God is compared to a rock 42 times in the Bible. He's called the rock of ages, the eternal rock, the rock of our salvation, to name a few. Why would God compare himself to a rock? Well, rocks are steady. They're solid. They're strong. Rocks don't give in to pressure. They don't crumble very easily. That's the kind of stability he can put into our lives if we just surrender to him. Jesus, he was called a rock too. (coughs) Not just the rock of ages, but the chief cornerstone. Chief cornerstone. Buildings are centered on a cornerstone. It handles enormous weight, enormous stress. When Jesus was saying he was the cornerstone, he used this illustration. He said, if you take the words that I teach and use them, put them into practice, then you become like the wise person who builds a house on the rock. And when the storms of life come, that house stays right there. Then he says, if you don't listen to my words or hear them and don't put them into practice, then you're like a foolish person who builds a house on the sand. And when those storms come, crash, crash. What's the center of your life? When we're centered on anything that shifts, we don't have that solid core. And it's no wonder we're under stress because we're so worried it's going to fall down. On the other hand, if we build our lives on Jesus, the solid rock, we make him that chief cornerstone, we can handle anything. I like that this church is called Cornerstone. You know, it's Jesus, the Cornerstone. That's the name for Jesus. In fact, I like the full name even. It's Cornerstone Christian Church. Now think about this. Cornerstone, that's Jesus. Christian. The word came originally, at the very beginning, it was a derogatory term meaning little Jesuses, Christians. All right? And then you have the church, the body of Christ. So really, the name of our church is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I kind of like that. You can't forget that, right? Can't miss it. What's the center of your life? If we're surrendered to God, if we're centered today, and that means whenever the present is today, he will keep raising us up then our leadership, our influence will have resurrection power to move the world around us from Saturday into Sunday. 
Third thing, we need to surrender our future to God. There's a lot of pessimism around, isn't there? A lot of pessimistic people. A lot of people have lost faith in a lot of things. What is it that causes people to lose hope? And why do we lose it so quickly? When you boil it all down, there are two reasons why people lose hope. First one is this. When you can't change a situation that should be changed, whether it's another person you want to change or yourself or a situation, when you can't change it, you start to lose hope. I can't tell you how many people have said to me, my marriage is hopeless. We've talked about it. I've tried everything. We've gone to a counselor. It's not working. The hope starts to fizzle right there. Parents will say, I'm watching my kids headed in the wrong direction, and and I can't do anything about it, and I, I feel a sense of despair, hopelessness. Some people will say, no matter what I do about my finances, it just keeps going down, 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 and keep getting further and further into debt. Or they say, I'm I'm watching my parents age and their health get worse and worse and I can't do anything about it. Or they say, I see things in my own life that I really need to change. I want to change. I just can't, no matter what I do. When you face a situation like that, the hope starts to drain out of your life and you say, well, I guess I'll just have to go for second best or third best or Maybe I just won't get it at all. Second thing, we lose hope and become pessimistic when we don't know God's purpose for us. The Bible is very clear that God has a purpose, a reason for every one of us to be circling around on this globe. The sad thing is most people don't go, most people go through life without any relationship with God or any purpose for their existence. That's why our church is here to help those two issues, to help you find a relationship with God and find his purpose for your life. If you don't know your purpose, life is pointless. I mean, really, why get up in the morning if you have no reason to? Why not just check out right now? Or things may be great in your life, You know, you got the car, the house, the marriage, the kids, everything. But then you face the inevitable tough times, the emotional breakdowns, the crises of life. And then what happens? If your hope is based on always having great things happen, man, you lose hope. Nobody sails through life that easily, do they? I mean, let's test this one. If you've hit any potholes in your road of life, any potholes at all, if you've ever had a little bump in the road of life, would you turn to your neighbor and just nod your head? Lots of nodding going in. We are all experts in that. Makes you wonder if God thinks about us sometimes. Maybe we wonder if he thinks about us at all. The truth is, God thinks about us all the time, more than we think of him. What does he think about us? Here's one thing he thinks about us. I know the plans I have in mind for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for peace, not disaster, 
to give you a future filled with hope. Yeah, I like that. That's what he's thinking about us. His plans for our lives are good, hope-filled plans. Hope is essential for life. We need hope to cope. Remember that. We need hope to cope. You know, you can live 40 days without food. You can live three days without water. You can't live an hour without hope. The minute you lose hope, you're not living anymore. You're just existing. Where's your source of hope? We're living in this changing time. It's changing so fast that nobody in this room is going to keep up with it. We all need hope for the future. So where's your source of hope when things look bleak? One thing you can know for sure is this. No matter what happens, no matter what's out there ahead of us, one thing you can count on, God will never, ever stop loving us. The mountains may disappear. The hills may become dust. But my faithful love will never leave you. I will make peace with you and will, it will never end. The Lord who loves you said this. Do we trust him with our future? If we surrender our future to God, then he will resurrect our hope to a height that we never dreamed it would rise to. So let's conclude by pulling the past, present, and future all together. See, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was and is and always will be the eternal God. And as difficult as that is to get our brains wrapped around, let's just go ahead and surrender our lives to this all-knowing, all-powerful God. He's our past and present and future. And here's what that means for each one of us personally. Long before we were born, God began orchestrating the events of our lives to bring us to a point we could get to know him. We were made to be loved by God and to be known by him. So he's been designing circumstances to get us to a point where we can know him more and more. Why do you think he brought you here today? Everything was done so you would come. All of your life has been kind of a preparation for this moment. God's been trying to get your attention, to get you to just slow down long enough to get your attention so he could say this to you. You matter to me. You are very valuable to me. I see you take every breath. I watched you form in your mother's womb. I've seen you at your worst. I've seen you at your best. And I've seen you all in between. And I still love you. You're not here by accident. You may think you are because a friend invited you or you saw an ad or it's just the traditional thing to do on Easter. But you're not here by accident. God wants you to get to know him. And hear me clear on this one. I'm not talking about religion. I don't care what religion you are. You may be Catholic or Protestant or Methodist. 
You may be Jewish. You may be Buddhist or Baptist. I don't care. It's not what I'm talking about. Here's what I want to know. Do you have a relationship with God? Not a religion, a relationship. I don't mean knowing about God, the big guy in the sky. I mean knowing God. Maybe you felt close to him in the past, but you just kind of drifted away. Hey, Easter's a great time to come back. Maybe you feel unworthy. Maybe you think, I can't come to God with all the stuff that I've done in my life. Well, guess what? That stuff doesn't scare Jesus. It doesn't offend him. That's what he died for, all that stuff. He defeated it all for you. God has provided resurrection power for all of us to get past the never-ending Saturday that one that's between Good Friday and Easter Sunday. It's our way to rise up from the pain of our past, to rise above the pressures of today, and to leap into the future without pessimism or fear or doubt or worry. And you need to know this too. All of this is worthless unless you receive it. You've got to take it. How do you do that? Here's what Jesus says. I stand at the door and knock. He's talking about coming into your life. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in. I'll be friends with you. He's saying, it's not a religion, it's a relationship with me. Now, he does not say, clean up your life first and then you can come to me. No, he says, let me come in and I'll help make sense of everything. I'll help you get it together. You need God's power in your life, and he says, just let me in. I'm just not, just let me in. What do you have to lose? Really, think about it. What what do you have to lose? The pain of your past, the pressures of today, and the pessimism of the future? Where is the value in those three things? But what do we have to gain If we surrender our lives to Christ, everything, my past is forgiven. I have purpose for today. I get a home in heaven for eternity. What a deal. Why in the world would I walk away from that kind of love? Well, I wouldn't, and I didn't. And that's why now I can celebrate an eternal resurrection Sunday. Will you? Will you? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for Resurrection Day. I thank you for Good Friday too. And I even thank you for a little bit of a Saturday where we can look back and remember Good Friday. But thank you most of all for Resurrection Day. And thank you for putting your spirit in me, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead. Lord, I pray that you would help anyone here today that does not have that relationship with you to start thinking about it, to maybe even do it today, to get the courage to pray to you. Even if they don't know what to say, they don't have to use any fancy words, let them just talk to you, God. 
Lord, if that doesn't work, if they're afraid to do that, would you, would you work it out so they can talk to a person, a person who knows you? God, if somebody's moved away from you or they're just feeling unworthy, would you give them the assurance that they can talk to you, a God who loves them immensely, more than we could ever imagine. Thank you for the story of Jesus, the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection. We thank you for that and pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.